What's up, guys? I have a special guest for today, Jay Scott of Bigger Pockets. That's right. I had the pleasure to interview him at the GOB conference. Now, that was a little while back, but I've been saving this episode, and now I'm really excited to drop it. Today, we'll mainly be talking about brand marketing, but tune in for all the other nuggets of information. So sit back and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Mindset Matters Podcast, where we dive deep into the world of mindset, entrepreneurship, and real estate. Your host is RJ DeLeon. Whether you're a seasoned business owner, an aspiring entrepreneur, or looking to level up your mindset, this podcast is your go-to resource for inspiration, knowledge, and actionable strategies. Tune in. Hey, coming to you live, guys, from the GOB Network Conference. We're over here at the Groundbreaker podcast stage. Super excited to be here with Jay Scott. Hey, how's it going, RJ? Hey, hey. So just for a quick introduction, RJ DeLeon with RJ and Austin's Mindset Matters. And for you guys that don't know Jay Scott, he is the host of the Passive Investing Show. He is a previous host of the Bigger Pockets Business Podcast, and he still sits on the Bigger Pockets Advisory Board. So super excited to have him here, uh, meet him in person. Today, we're going to be talking about brand building. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's go. So brand building is something that that is personal to me, and I didn't really understand the importance until I started getting in to real estate a few years. So tell me, Jay, how did you understand or realize the importance of brand building? Well, it's funny because when I started in real estate back in 2008, uh, I had no concept of building a brand. I never expected to build a brand. I never expected. I, I, it was never a goal of mine. But what I found is over the last 15 years of somewhat accidentally, somewhat purposefully being able to kind of build up my image, build a brand, um, help people get to know me, uh, it's provided tremendous value in my investing career. Um, I'm an introvert and I find it very difficult to walk up to people, but the fact that I have a brand, the fact that a lot of people know me makes it a lot easier for me to connect and to talk to other people. Um, as somebody who raises money, having a brand has allowed me to build credibility. And so it's allowed me to basically, um, reach out to my potential investors and say, you know who I am because for the last 10, 15 years, you've gotten to see what I've done. And so that basically builds trust between me and my potential investor. So it's allowed me to help raise money. Um, it, it's basically opened a lot of doors for me. And so for me, uh, building a brand is something that, again, while I didn't do it purposefully, um, I found has been probably the most lucrative part of my investing business outside of the, the actual investing part uh, over the last 15 years. Absolutely. You said a couple different things there that really resonated with me that you didn't do it on purpose, but you started to see and understand the benefits of brand building. And it was sort of similar with my story. Um, I was very heavily social media focused. So people always understood who I was and caring for that I was honest, that I was loyal. People knew that about me and my personality. So when I started transitioning it to a business brand, I think it was a very smooth, easy transition. 
So I would have never known that you were an introvert, by the way. No, nobody ever, everybody's surprised to hear that, but it's true. So can you tell me a little bit about that aspect? So once you started to understand the importance of brand building, how did you make that transition? And did you separate your personal life from the business branding? So for me, and I'm not saying everybody is like this, but for me, um, I find it a lot easier to be myself. If I have to create a completely new persona to build a brand, that's unsustainable. Right. I can't live my life 24-7 pretending to be somebody else. Even if I could, do I want to? What's the value in, 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 in building a brand when you can't be yourself? And, and I mean, I'd be miserable. Um, so for me, my brand is literally just an amplification of who I am. And, and it took me a long time to realize this, but this is how I've started to think about brands. If I were to say to you, Superman, what's Superman's brand? He flies. He flies. Superhero. Exactly. <laughs> he flies. He's faster than a speeding bullet. Yeah. He's more powerful than a locomotive, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever the sayings are. If I were to say, uh, Batman, what's his, what's his brand? Uh, Gotham, he's a dark, the night, the dark night. He's, yeah, he's the, the crime night. fighter. Yes. Exactly. So, so, and we could go through all of these things and, and, and I say, what is their brand? Have you noticed that the brand is equivalent to their superpower? Yes. So, so Superman, his superpower is flying. And that's how, what you, what you noticed was his brand. <laughs> right. Um, away. So, so that's how I like to think of your of brand. Your brand is your superpower. What is it that you do better than anything else you do? And what is it that you do better than other people? For me, my superpower has always been education. I'm really good at teaching people. I'm really good at taking complex topics and boiling them down to very simple ideas and explanations. So for me, um, and I, I didn't plan this again, but for me, the way I was able to build my brand was by focusing on my superpower. So when I started in real estate, I chose to give back. And I did that by educating people. I did that by writing, writing books, writing blogs, writing articles, posting on forums. And so people started to know me as that guy that was really good at educating in real estate. And again, I didn't plan that. That wasn't a goal. It was just me literally leveraging my superpower, which was education. Sure. And the more I did that, the more my brand started to grow. And so a lot of people say to me, well, why don't you get into video? Why aren't you doing more YouTube videos? Why aren't you doing more speaking events? Why aren't you doing more keynote speaking? And the answer is, I don't think I'm good at that and I don't enjoy that. And so, yeah, I could do more video. I could do more keynote speaking, but that's not true to who I want to be. And it's not true to what I feel like I'm really good at. So I'm going to do the thing that I love and that I'm really good at. And I'm going to build my brand from there. I don't try and create a new superpower that I don't have. Sure. Superman or Batman can't fly. <laughs> he, he can, right. no matter how badly he wants to fly, no matter how good he thinks that might look for his image, he can't just one day fly. Right. Me, no matter how important it might be to my image, I'm never going to be a YouTube personality. I'm never going to be a video personality because that's not me. So I leverage my brand or I leverage my superpower to build my brand. I, I love that. And if we can distill what you said there, which actually at the very beginning, you said you didn't change who you were. And it was a very natural transition because oftentimes I hear a lot of the mentors saying, oh, you got to become a completely different person. RJ, you know, getting drunk till four in the morning is not the person you want to be anymore. 
Although that's true, that natural transition from who I was as a human being, I was always thoughtful, I was nurturing, caring, loyal. That carried uh, weight into my new brand. And people don't know me as the old guy anymore, yeah. but they still retain that sentiment. So I love the fact that you said, you are not somebody that you don't want to be, right? You're focusing on your strengths, your powers, educating people, which brings us to, I think it was Warren Buffett quote, he's saying, you want to be a billionaire, help a billion people. Um, so I, I really love that. So when did you start transitioning, uh, the marketing to an actual brand presence? And can you talk a little bit about that transition and how that naturally occurs? So it's funny. I can't, um, because there was never a point where I said, I'm going to start leveraging my brand. Sure. Um, for me, the biggest part of, of building a brand is just consistency. Um, and I'm not saying there aren't people out there that don't manufacture a brand. There are plenty of famous people out there that have said, okay, I'm going to figure out how to take what I'm known for and amplify it and, and, and make it a brand. For me, it was never like that. It was, again, it was just consistency. You mentioned um, the old RJ was the guy that everybody knew for, for getting drunk until four in the morning. Yeah. Well, why were you known as the guy who, who got drunk? till four in the morning because, because that was your consistency. Yeah. You do it over and over and over again. And that's what you get known for. It might not be the brand you want, yeah. but it's still a brand. If your friends remember you as RJ, the guy that gets <laughs> drunk till 4am, you have a brand. Don't pretend you don't have a brand. Again, it may not be a brand that helps you. It may not be a brand that you want, but you have a brand. And the reason you have that brand or had that brand was because that was the consistent action you took. And so if you want to build a brand, and you want to build a brand that's positive and that's going to help you, again, figure out your superpower and then be consistent. Yes. So too many people say, I want this brand, and then they get really excited and they go out and they do whatever it is. Maybe they make YouTube videos or, or maybe they, they put together events or go to events and they'll do it for two weeks and then they'll say, okay, I'm tired, and they'll take three months off. Right. And then they'll do it again for a couple of weeks and they'll take six months off. You're not going to build a brand by not being consistent. Right. And so for me, it's literally, and, and again, if you're being true to yourself and you're doing what you love to do, it's easy to be consistent. So people always say to me, I, I write these long Facebook posts about the economy and other topics. And people always say to me, how do you have the time to do that? It doesn't take a lot of time because it's what I'm good at and it's what I enjoy doing. If, it, if I weren't good at it, if it wasn't what I enjoyed doing, I probably wouldn't be consistent doing it, but because it's easy and because it's fun for me and I do it and I do it every day or every week and it's consistency. And over 15 years, again, I never planned to build the brand I have, but over 15 years, it just kind of evolved because I was consistent and because I kept doing that thing that I was good at. And there was never a time where I said, okay, how do I now take this to the next level? I just let it happen. Right. It's, it's the whole idea that you want to build a life that you don't need a vacation from. So you find your passions and you overcome those limiting beliefs, that negative self-talk, and you make sure you get up every day. And like Jay said, you're consistently moving towards your goals. So that always ties back into what I talk about um, on RJ and Austin's Mindset Matters. Right. It doesn't matter at what point you are in your entrepreneur career or even just life in general. You have to get up every day and you have to put on positive attitude 
or every day is going to be draining to you. So can you tell me a little bit or tell the audience um, maybe some limiting beliefs that you have to let everybody know we're all still human. We all still do it. We still put on pants every single day, just like you. Absolutely. I, I have a ton of limiting beliefs. And if you were my wife or my business partner, you would know that every day I'm struggling against those limiting beliefs. Um, so let's, let's talk about some of them. One, I tend to be an eternal pessimist. And my, my business partner and I were talking about this yesterday. Uh, luckily, she and I can have these really, these really hard, honest talks. And she came to me yesterday and she said, not just me, there's somebody else on our team uh, that, that's kind of on our, our board of directors who's the same way, um, who their first reaction anytime there's a new opportunity is, let's talk about why that's not going to work. <laughs> and she came to me yesterday and she said, you got to stop doing that. There's nothing wrong with being conservative. There's nothing wrong with being realistic, but being pessimistic is literally going to hold you back. Yeah. And it's funny because when she said that, my wife has been saying that to me for 15 years. <laughs> and so it really resonated with me that it's not my wife who's, who's telling me these things that aren't true. Now I'm starting to hear it from my business right. partner and other people. When you hear the same things over and over, you have to start to, to consider the fact that maybe these people are right. Yes. And so for me, um, this whole idea that we can't grow to a billion-dollar company that's a limiting belief. Exactly. And, and it's funny because we own about $130, $150 million in, in multifamily real estate right now. If you were to ask me five years ago, could I own $150 million in real estate? I would say, that's ridiculous. No Other people do that. Big real estate investors do that. That's not me. But here we are five years later, I own $150 million. That's amazing. But I'm sitting here saying, there's no way I can own a billion or yeah. $2 billion. Well, why not? Because if five years ago I couldn't imagine where I'd be today, there's no reason to think in five years I couldn't be there. Yeah. And so I just need to remind myself of that every single day. And it's part of the reason why I, I tell people, surround yourself with other people who are better than you. Surround yourself with other people who are willing to be honest with you about your shortcomings. And don't push them away. Embrace what they tell you. Embrace the criticism. Embrace the honesty. And, and, and really listen. Because again... I need my wife, I need my business partner every day to be reminding me that I can be a better version of myself. Yes. And if I didn't have that, basically, I, I'd never grow. I, I'd, I'd be stuck in my, my negative, pessimistic ways, um, and, and I wouldn't have gotten to where I am, let alone get to the next level. It, it's amazing how much correlation there is in our stories. And I'm not saying even just between us. Because I guarantee we pluck anybody out of this audience, it's going to be the same thing. Absolutely. Um, we got those those limiting beliefs, and I do that a lot. And my wife snaps me out of it. My wife have my wife and I have that yin and yang relationship, yep. where I'm actually telling her to be a little less pessimistic about things. But at the, on the other side of the token, it really helps. Absolutely, it really helps understanding what are all the risks. You just can't tell yourself you can't do it. Yep. Right? Um, another thing that you had mentioned was your sphere of influence or your circle of friends, your circle of influence. I talk, talk about this consi consistently. You have to surround yourself with people that are going to elevate you. Your old friends, they could remain friends, but the second they start telling you you can't do something, you got to create a little separation there. My best friend told me I wouldn't be able to invest in real estate. It was very, very hard for me to overcome that. 
but I did. Now he calls me for real estate advice. I don't know how many times I've said that on podcasts, but he's going to listen to one of these one day. Yeah, he's going to listen one day. Yeah, it's a hundred percent true. I mean, I I, I think of it as um, I I went through elementary school and middle school and high school and college with all the same people, and and we were together every single day. And let me tell you something: I didn't learn anything from any of them. Because we all knew the same stuff. We all had the same level of education. We all had the same level of experience. Who did we learn from? We learned from the person at the front of the room, the teacher, the person that was older, that had more experience, that had more knowledge. And so it's comforting for us to hang around people who are exactly like us. It's comforting for me to hang around people that flip houses and do multifamily syndication that are exactly where I am because we can talk about what we're doing day to day. But while that's comfortable, it's not going to help me grow. If I want to grow, I need to hang around with people who are more experienced and more knowledgeable and more driven than I am, because those are the people that are going to teach me. They're going to motivate me. They're going to excite me. And they're really going to force me to grow. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's one of those things. When you think about the breakdown of who you hang out with, I'd like to spend majority of my time with people that are at the levels that are where I want to be and my trajectory. But you still hang out with the people that are at your same level because you need that type of networking, that type of support. And then I also like to hang out with people that I could teach, that that I could um, display some knowledge on and help help people grow to where I am. Because again, it's one of those things that to be a genuine person, you need to educate people. Well, maybe not to be a genuine person, but to be myself. I love educating just like you. And we got to help people. We got to uh, stay true to our morals, to our goals. And I love seeing that in everybody in real estate. Um, that's one of the things. A lot of people are afraid to start conversations because they say they don't want to talk to somebody like me. So can you tell the audience a little bit about overcoming that fear? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, People are afraid to start conversations because they don't want to be exposed as ignorant or unknowledgeable. Um, And here's the thing. I try and make a point of every day um, acknowledging how little I know. And how many mistakes I made. I constantly make mistakes. I constantly like find myself ignorant of lots and lots of stuff. And if I can't admit that, I'm never going to put myself in a situation where that's a potential, uh, a potential outcome. So I need to admit I'm stupid. Relative. I mean, I'm ignorant about most things in this world. And if I can admit that and I can embrace that, it makes it really easy for me to walk up to somebody and say something that might sound stupid. Yep. or ignorant. And so the, the first step is to admit that there's a lot of stuff we don't know. The smartest people in the world tend to be smart about one or two subjects. And there's a lot of stuff that most of the stuff in the world, they don't know. So the first step is to admit that and to embrace that. And once you do that, and once you're not scared of somebody looking at you and saying, that was the stupidest question I've ever heard, it makes it a lot easier to put yourself in a situation where you can learn because you realize the worst somebody's going to say is, that's the stupidest question I ever heard. Well, let me tell you something. I've had a lot of people tell me that's the stupidest question I've ever heard. And I'm good with that yeah. because if I can walk away from that conversation, knowing more than when I started that conversation, Absolutely. great. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a positive value. And it's all learning experience, right? You get knocked down seven times, you get up eight. It's one of those things, take these small hits, learn from those mistakes. 
I got to tell you, Jay, I was a little nervous talking to you uh, before we jumped on this podcast stage because I know about your brand presence and I know who you are. So um, just to let you guys know, even people like myself, you guys may know me from the Chicago Multifamily Club, from different avenues or aspects of Chicago real estate. But, you know, even uh, even people in our positions can be nervous or can make mistakes. We make mistakes every single day. So I love that. Jay, we're about to wrap up here. Um, one last thing you want to say to the audience before we wrap up? Yeah, just don't be scared to take action. Uh, don't be scared to, to try and do big things. Um, I, I, as, as I get older, what I realize is my biggest regrets aren't the things that I've done. They're the things I haven't done. They're the things I've passed up on. They're the limiting beliefs of I can't do bigger and better. Um, and those are my big regrets. So to everybody out there that's listening, don't, don't have that regret of things you don't do. Better to make mistakes and to learn than to not make mistakes and, and go through life just playing it safe. Yes, sir. And it's never too late to start. So whether or not you develop that mindset today, tomorrow, it's never too late to start. I, people don't realize this, but I literally bought the first house I ever bought. It was my personal residence. I was 37 years old. Ah, uh, that's awesome. I didn't start real estate investing until I was 35. There you go. So, so, yeah, so exactly. So if you're if you're 30 or 40 or 50, never too late. Never too late. Never too late. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Thank you to the GOB Network. Thank you to Groundbreakers for making this amazing booth. Um, we'll see you guys all later. Thank you. Awesome. That was awesome. Cool. It was a pleasure to meet yeah, you. Yeah, glad we could do sure. this. Yeah. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Mindset Matters. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit that subscribe button to stay updated. We'd also appreciate it if you'd leave us a review. Your feedback helps us improve the show. Thank you for being a part of the community. And remember to keep that positive mindset. Until next time.